Hello and welcome to the Six Degrees of John Keel podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Barbara Fisher. Tonight I'm speaking with Jake. How are you doing, Jake? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me. Well, thank you for for contacting me because I'd, I'd love to hear your stories. I like everybody's stories. So mm-hmm. jump in wherever you want and tell it in whatever order you want. Do understand that if you do it in chronological order, you'll probably forget something halfway through and then go back. So it's it's not a big deal. It doesn't We're, matter what order it's in. Okay. Yeah, I I kind of wrote them down a little bit as much as I could remember. But yeah, I'll I'll do my best to try to keep it as as together as pos- as much as possible. But so I guess the first one that I find really strange was when it's one of my earliest memories actually. And all I remember is I was like laying on the dining room floor and just like looking up at the ceiling and just like zoning out. And my mom was cleaning and I was telling her about something strange that happened to me one night. And I don't remember that exact experience, but I remember telling her about it. And um, it's really interesting looking back on it because of the way that I would describe it. It was like, I described it as it's, it was like how a light reflected on a window that was double paned. And so there was an effect where the light bulb would repeat again and again and Mm -hmm. get smaller with each repetition. And I just pointed to that and said it was like that and like something about being visited by friends. And I remember my mom's response was just like, uh, okay, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Just like, I don't know what that means, but okay. (laughs) But, um, that's like probably my earliest weird experience, but um, I think in recent, like semi-recent memory, um, what I can remember is around sixth grade, my family went to a sort of festival where it was kind of it was called Papa Fest, which stood for People Against Poverty and Apathy. And it was mm-hmm. the, it was a really interesting sort of social experiment where everyone came together, lived in tents for a while, and the main priority was that everyone gets taken care of and looked after. And then, you know, there was also music there as well. But yeah, it was a very altruistic very interesting place for a sixth grader to go to but um yeah yeah, it was really mind-opening for me like it showed me that there's other ways that society can be constructed um but I remember one night me and my dad were outside of our tent and across the um the groupings of tents and everything there was the sound the music stage and there was a group playing that was playing really hypnotic, trance-inducing, kind of like Middle Eastern music. And it was real. it's 
super beautiful music and there were people on the near the stage just lost in trance and probably on drugs but i didn't realize that at the time <laughs> but yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah i was like wow these people are having a great time <laughs> but um me and my dad were watching just like looking at the sky near our tent and then this light sort of came up right and then it came like right over where the music was happening and it just kind of hovered there for a minute and me and my dad were like what is that like it was before drones were kind of a thing so it was really confusing right and then um when we took note of it it like shined a light specifically at us like really bright oh, <laughs> oh so was, had you said what is that out loud did, or did you point at it or i think so i think we both kind of were like mm, what's that thing up there <laughs> like, so um, it it noticed you at the same basic time yeah it was like it responded to us almost and that's really awesome yeah but I can't remember specifically what happened after that. I just remember that it must have stopped at some point. But it's interesting, like, with the idea of, like, missing time, who's to say that missing time happened? Because we were in a place where, like, nobody's keeping track of time. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. So it's kind of hard to yeah. say, but I don't have any memory of what happened after we saw it. <laughs> Oh, that's really interesting. Yeah, that's that's kind of like my first sort of UFO experience where it just kind of showed up, kind of like looked at us, and I don't have any memory after that. But but sometimes I wonder if um, the like nature of that festival had something to do with it or it was mm -hmm. just the most like loving and caring, optimistic kind of community. Like there mm -hmm. was, there was like um, a marketplace where you could get like food and art and stuff, but the policy was take what you want and leave what you can. So like, mm -hmm. it was just all set up so that everyone, no matter how much money you had, was able to get by and like, share right. this community so i wonder if that had something to do with the phenomenon being attracted to it maybe yeah yeah what color was your light um this one was just white it was just like okay. a pure white light um and let's see so yeah after that one i think the next weird thing that happened was in middle school and I was I lived in kind of like a small town and me and my friend just got done with pep band so we were playing music for um for a basketball game and so we were mm -hmm. walking home afterwards and it was nighttime like it was dark out except for like the moon it must have been full or something because I remember the moonlight being pretty bright but uh, we walked past this house on the corner that was kind of close to our house. We were both walking to my house to like, he was going to spend the night, but, um, 
He looked over my shoulder at this one really old house that's always given me weird vibes when I was growing up. And there was... He... He just looked over and he had a look of horror all of a sudden and just like started bolting away. And I didn't know what happened. I just saw his face and him running and I ran after him. And then we ran. Yeah. (laughs) We ran all the way home and all the way into my bedroom, which was in a basement. And like, I kept asking him, like, what did you see? And he just kept refusing to tell me. He did not want to bring it up because it scared him that much. And wow. eventually I got him to describe it. And he said, basically, it against a shed in the backyard, he saw a shadow rise up from the ground and then like kind of move forward like it was going to run on all fours or something and then he took off running (laughs) but right when he finished describing it um a framed picture i had drawn on the wall just like fell off and almost hit me (laughs) oh well that's just yeah (laughs) that's great (laughs) yeah i know (laughs) And I was like, great. So we thought we were safe at home, but apparently not. <laughs> and we we're like, we're not going to bring this up again. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's, um, yeah. I, I don't like when stuff follows me home. It's not cool. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's not t- like kittens and puppies following you home, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but. A few months later, I had my first sleep paralysis experience, and it was oh. a shadow man. <laughs> oh, so it did follow you home, maybe. Ooh. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. And But it was specifically the hat man. I, like, ah. I woke up in the middle of the night and just standing in front of the bed, like, looking over me was a super tall shadow figure with a sort of top hat on. And it was holding hands with a shorter one, which was really bizarre. Hey son, let's go and and frighten (laughs) someone to death. You know, it's like, what is that? Right. Right. It's like, bring your, bring your daughter to work. Bring your kid to work. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> oh. Um but yeah, it that ended just kind of how sleep paralysis always ends where you're just kind of frozen there for god knows mm-hmm. how long and you just kind of close your eyes and try to trick yourself into falling asleep. <laughs> and yeah. then eventually I guess it works and you fall back asleep. <laughs> oh. But yeah, that one really weirded me out though cuz I already had the suspicion something had followed me home that was a shadow and it really messed with me but and then there he is with his kid yeah (laughs) i guess i guess they have to train him upright or something the way we do with our kids i don't know (laughs) he's teaching him the ways (laughs) yes this is the way this is the way (laughs) um oh man but uh, 
Oh man, there was some. Oh, in that same room later on, I don't think it was like the same year. All of this kind of like blurs together. It's hard to keep track of when exactly it happened. But um, I was sleeping, I was taking a nap in my bedroom with, you know, like your hands behind your head, kind of like reclined with mm -hmm. your arms up. And I was like just falling asleep and then a finger just really hard, like just jabbed me like right in the armpit and like oh, shocked me awake and there was nothing there. Oh, <laughs> oh man. Did you even have siblings? I did, but... Did, okay, so but, you in your brain at first you were like, ah, it's oh, just yeah. one of them. Yeah, yeah to this day I'm oh. still like... Seth, did you do this? Did you do this to me? <laughs> <laughs> oh, but, that's no. I don't. I don't like it when things reach out and and touch. That's, yeah, it's unnecessary roughness. It's not cool. Yeah. Uh, um. What was I gonna say? Oh, but I think one thing that's interesting i feel like the high strangeness just kind of like accelerates through my life so mm. like there was the light in grade school and then in middle school the shadow man and then in high school like something really weird <laughs> happened that like to this day i don't really know what to make of it like I don't know. It's really strange, and I'll just have to, like, describe it. The only okay. thing I can find that's close to it is the book The Raw Materials, you know, where they had someone with a sleep mask-like sensory deprivation type of stuff, and they talked to it, and it would, like, something would speak through this person that was asleep. Oh. But, um... So my best friend in high school, we would just spend all the time with each other. And so I knew him like super well. And um, one night he fell asleep before me and started like just talking slightly in his sleep. And something I used to do was try to engage the person who's sleep talking just because mm -hmm. sometimes they say funny things. <laughs> oh, yeah. But, but, like, I noticed this time he was saying some, like, uh, some consistent things, like bringing up the same words. And so it kind of drew me in, and I was really curious. Um, the main word he would say was sister and the sister. And... The more I started to talk to him in his sleep, I started to realize that, like, there's, like, a consistent narrative going on. And it's not just someone randomly sleep-talking. And, Ooh. yeah, that was the first night that we did this. Um, he was speaking. I had, like, the random idea to ask things like, how do you, can you move? Because I started to catch on. I was like, is there something talking right now? And I said, can you move? And he said, yes. And I said, how? And he said, backwards. <laughs> and it started oh. to, like, I started to realize something really weird was going on. 
and the way he was talking was like really labored like every word required so much energy and it would come out as like a whisper oh and um so that was the first night and i told him about it and we kind of laughed and we decided to call it sleep man (laughs) (laughs) but (laughs) but um we ended up it became a repeatable thing over the course of like a year i could he had this like sleep mask that he would put on and then he would go into he would go to sleep one time i tested it and lifted up the mask a little bit and i saw that he was an rem so his eyes were darting back and forth mm-hmm. but so over the course of a year i asked as many questions as I could because I just wanted to know what was going on and what this thing was. Mm -hmm. Um, So what I gathered is he said he's from the orange world, which kind of makes me think of like the super spectrum with John Keel where it's all, where it's all like frequencies and stuff like that. But, um, he basically said that his main goal is to get us to do a ceremony, which he said, it was like he talked in riddles, but he said it has to happen in the garden of two doors and a song must be sung. Uh, And basically the main gist of the ceremony is that he had to be reunited with the sister and the sister was what he said, like, way back the first time we tried it. So it made a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Um, apparently, the sister was a role that could be played by anyone. Like, anybody could be the sister. But it it's essentially a role in the ceremony. Um, he said that the sky would turn red if we failed to do the ceremony and I asked him if we were the first he's tried to contact and he said no he said that he's tried to contact lots of people um wow but over the course of like the year he would get more impatient because I wasn't interested in actually doing the ceremony. I just wanted to know what he was and what, like, the Mm -hmm. purpose was. So he would always, like, try to get around answering these questions or, like, criticize me for asking questions. Um, Yeah. One time I asked him a question. Like there were, it became obvious there were certain things he could not answer. Like, like he wasn't allowed to almost. He like mm. he couldn't get too specific. Um, I asked him a really deep question one time, and he responded with, "You ask me all the questions, but who are you, question man?" Which is really funny because <laughs> I called him Sleep Man. <laughs> Like, it was really weird. <laughs> but yeah, we would... So how old were you guys? Um, with Question um, Man and, and uh, Sleep Man? 
We were about 16, yeah, 15, 16, I would say. Um, and basically on, on our weekends, we would, <laughs> we would like sneak out of his parents' house and then walk to, um, a park on the edge of town. And then we would do these sessions where I would just ask him all these questions and stuff. But I don't know. I, it seems really irresponsible to me looking back at it now. Like I should not have been engaged. You were 16. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you were 16. It, it's, you know, 16 year olds do kind of goofy stuff. Mm-hmm. If, you know, they come across anything in the psychic realm or yeah, ultra terrestrial sure. sorts of things. I mean, we, we did dumb stuff too. It's, it's a thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's <laughs> that exciting. Teenagers just do. <laughs> you know yeah it's with with like mundane life like you're always just trying to look for something like exciting you know yeah Um, yeah yeah and did you ever ask the the sleep man his name um not that i expect him to give you yeah a name but yeah that's the thing i would ask him but he wouldn't say anything which Uh uh-huh even at the time, I understood, like, spirits don't like to give their names because, like, no. there's something weird about, like, it somehow gives you power over them somehow. But, like, mm-hmm. yeah. But it is kind of yeah. funny. The first things we did was try to name it. We named it Sleep Man. It's almost like a, uh-huh. almost like a, an instinct we have to try to name things. Right. Yeah, I, I I like that. And, uh, you know, I think it's interesting that you asked and he would never give a name. Um, mm-hmm. Sometimes they'll give a name, but you know it's not yeah. his real name, right? Mm-hmm. So you, you just kind of work with that. Um, yeah. But I do like the fact that you guys gave him a name. That I mean, you may not have known you were doing it on purpose, mm-hmm. but that kind of naming does give a modicum of, of um, control to the situation for you. Yeah. yeah I definitely so, feel yeah. like it did. Cause the initial experience was jarring and really, like really spooky. And I think us laughing about it and giving it a name was a mm-hmm. way to like, be more comfortable with it. <laughs> yeah. But, yes, um, that was that was good, and laughing honestly yeah. helps a lot. Yeah, with just dealing being... with uh, yeah, uncouth spirits, as it were, mm-hmm. it does help to be able People to sound. Laugh. Yeah, to be able to laugh at just like the absurdity of the situation, <laughs> like yes, like step yes. step back a little bit and be like, what, <laughs> what's going on? This is ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> It, they, they, the ones that take themselves terribly seriously hate to be laughed at. And sometimes that's all it takes to get them to leave. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's good that you kept it lighthearted and, you know, I mean, you weren't trying to, you know, call up demons or anything. So that's good. Yeah. <laughs> um, cause um, you know, that can get messy really fast. For sure. But, uh, one thing too, um, so we would always walk to that park at the edge of town um, on our way back every time. It's just like there's a 
long road with a perfect line of streetlights. And every time we would walk home, there was one streetlight that we would remember. And it would go out every time we walked under it <laughs> afterwards. And we would watch yeah. it. We'd watch it the whole time we walked up to it. It'd be fine. And then the minute we went under, it would go out. And then mm-hmm. after we were out, it would turn back on. And we'd keep looking back at it the whole road. And it's like, nope, it's still on. <laughs> yeah. Really yeah. Weird. And when that happens over and over, it does, you're like, okay, something weird is happening. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's not just our imagination. Yeah, yeah, or faulty wiring or anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because, you know, it could have gone off on your way towards it and then on your way away from it, but it didn't. and only did yeah. it when you were underneath it. Yeah, it's, it's weird. But I also have just like a weird technology thing too where just things just don't, they just, I don't know, they stop working a lot of the times. <laughs> well, I, I understand that. I'm I'm a I'm a I'm a great one for destroying electronic equipment. So, you know. <laughs> Same. Like I had my appendix removed a few years ago, and my mom said that the the doctors were like, "We don't know what's going on. Like, all of our equipment is just like glitching right now." <laughs> she oh, told me man. that they were saying that. <laughs> oh <But>, man. <clears throat> Um, yeah, because what's your mom supposed to say? Oh, I forgot to tell you that my son's electromagnetic field destroys <laughs> things. I mean, you can't say that to a doctor. <laughs> it's not a thing that they, it's, that's when they go, oh, okay, ma'am. <laughs> we have another doctor you would maybe like to talk to. <laughs> yes. Up in the locked ward, you know, you should just, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's a thing that just moms aren't going to say. We're just mm-hmm. going to be like, mm, well. Um, but uh, another weird thing, he, um, so there would be things that he, it felt like he wasn't allowed to say. And uh, eventually it like, there was a time where he was like, I have to ask them and then he would like kind of disappear for a while and then come back with a really like carefully worded <laughs> response. So it was oh, like he was consulting something to see whether or huh. not he could say certain things. <laughs> oh, I like that. <laughs> yeah, it's really that's, bizarre. Yeah. That's really that's really interesting. Mm-hmm. I, see, I can see why you had to, you know talk to this this sleep dude every week because yeah yeah, all of this is fascinating yeah it was drawing me in like Mm -hmm. kind of reminds me of Coraline where it's like it's an adventure Mm -hmm. for children and then a horror movie as an adult like looking back yes I can't believe this happened it's so scary (laughs) yeah and now the the park at the edge of town what was that like um it was so the town that I grew up in, it is insanely well lit. Like every square inch is just so bright with street lights. But this was one area that was like totally unlit. And it was um surrounded by cornfields 
and like it felt very rural because like on one end you see just like vast cornfields and woods and trees and everything and then on the other side you see this like wall of suburbia <laughs> of like mm -hmm. super it's but uh I do remember seeing like helicopters that would circle the perimeter of town every once in a while while we were out there which is really weird. oh jeez I didn't think anything of it at the time I was just like oh you know helicopters doing their thing but looking back on it maybe that was something <laughs> but yeah that is a little odd I mean they I, I do have a story with helicopters later on too so oh, maybe cool. <laughs> maybe they're connected yeah but uh so i guess unless i remember another detail about it later on i'll i'll move on to um the next thing that was one of the most unexplainable terrifying things that's ever happened um, so me and my fiance were driving home from, from Wisconsin. We were at a wedding. And so it was about 9 p.m. in October and it was raining. So it was freezing cold <laughs> and wet. Mm -hmm. And we were almost home driving through a really sort of isolated part of town, which is kind of, it's like right next to where we're living now. Um, we were in sort of like the middle of the woods, sort of, and mm. we were deep in th conversation, just like talking about all kinds of things. And we both stopped talking at the exact same time because we both saw something on the side of the road. And, um, <laughs> what we saw was it had to be like seven feet tall it was a pale emaciated thing with no hair on its body um super lanky and thin like and it looked like it didn't have a face at all it was just oh, yeah. pure white and like bony and, like, honestly, like, even scarier than Smeagol from The Lord of the Rings. Oh, no. Yeah, that, mm. <laughs> And it just, mm. it leaned out from the trees and just, like, looked at us and then, like, leaned back after it saw us. And we both, yeah, it had to be, like, five seconds. It was so quick, but... We That's both, long enough. Yeah, right. <laughs> it feels like an eternity when these things happen. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it, yeah, we both saw it at the exact same time, and we were just silent, and we were both kind of in denial about it, as if like, oh, we just we just went silent just because you know <laughs> it's whatever, and then I was like did you see and then he was like thank god you said something because i was about to just let it go <laughs> i said oh yeah no. <laughs> yeah I said, yeah he was oh, like oh man. no 
It's real. <laughs> yeah, it was so scary. Like, but what's crazy is that we have friends who saw things similar to it in like the next month, over the next month. So, oh. So later on, um, apparently two of our friends were at this like smoking spot in the woods, like where kids go to hang out. And, um, mm-hmm. and there's like a big cornfield next to it. There's cornfields everywhere in my stories, but, <laughs> but, um, they're creepy. I mean, just, they really are. yeah, they're creepy. <laughs> I mean, it grows taller than you can see, you know, mm-hmm. it's, uh, creepy. Oh yeah. <laughs> and then, um, so they were just hanging out by their car and they said that they saw something in the distance at the far end of the cornfield and it sort of galloped on all fours really quickly like like a human would run on all fours but Mm. their description was exactly what we saw and i remember at the time thinking like i don't know i feel like what i saw was like an alien i don't know about that but as I've like learned more and done more research and heard more from people I've talked to, it does seem to be a thing that like runs on all fours. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, yeah, that would, I would, yeah, I would have driven very quickly away. <laughs> um, and if something was running at the far end of a cornfield on all fours with like overly long limbs and that's mm-hmm. just no. Yeah, I that's, can't imagine that. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. But uh yeah, me and me and my uh fiance call them crawlers. Yeah, crawlers. Uh, yeah. Some people call them rakes. Yeah. Um but yeah, they're almost always really thin and bony looking mm-hmm. and pale. And yeah. sometimes they have eyes and sometimes they don't. Yeah, so what I think the reason I didn't see one is probably because of the bright headlights just reflecting off of it. Because if mm-hmm. it's white enough, then like yeah. maybe we wouldn't be able to see any eyes that it might have, you know. But uh, or maybe the eyes were closed. Yeah, you know, you can um, see the shine off of them or something. Yeah, um, and then. We had recently, one of our friends came forward and said that her, was it her mom and her sister? Oh, her dad and her sister. Okay, yeah. Sorry, it was her mom and her sister. But they were um, driving down a road really near where both of these sightings were. And they saw one on the side of the road, kind of like what we saw. And... Then I had another friend over Facebook tell me that they saw one um, come out of a cornfield and then like kind of like run back into the woods real fast. Um, So I don't know if this is like an interdimensional kind of a thing or if there's like a genuine like flesh and blood cryptid here. But Yeah, that's okay. So can you kind of give us a general idea where this is so we can avoid it? Like, you don't have to give us exactly where you are because I understand that. But, you know, just just so people know. 
I'll I'll say it's um I'll say like central Illinois area. There we go. That's all we yeah. need to know. Don't drive through there. <laughs> just go around. Just go around. Go up north a little bit and across. Yeah. Yeah. If you're going from Ohio to Iowa, go north a bit and you know if there's one skirt the big lakes. Yeah. If there's anything connecting these stories, it's cars. So you definitely don't want to try. Yeah, that's that was exactly my thought. I'm like, everybody's seen him with cars, so let's <laughs> let's figure out the area we need to avoid <laughs> for car trips. So. We're using horses now. <laughs> yes. Uh, well, you know those those might not be able to run fast enough. I don't know. Yeah, they uh, seem to be pretty and, fast. <laughs> yeah, it's. Yeah. But yeah, I. That's one thing that. Like my fiance is somewhat of like a skeptic and that's one thing where he can't, he can't figure out any explanation for what it would have been. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <thought>. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it's, it's one of those things that the anatomy is wrong. Yeah. You know, it seem like something that could be alive because yeah. of how emaciated it is. Like, Maybe it's if it's flesh and blood, I guess it would eat like roadkill or something, or like oh okay. I just remembered another another <laughs> okay, so my fiance grew up in a house really close to this area and like deep in the woods. Um and when he was a kid he heard noises in his garage. And so he came downstairs because he thought it was his dad and he opened the garage door and something scurried loudly, like knocking things over. And then it like pulled itself under the garage door, which was like halfway open. Oh. And he... Did you did you say it was like pale? Yeah, uh, yeah. There's a pale blur. Yeah, he's he says it's like a pale blur, basically. And what I find interesting is that his dad had he's a hunter. He would hunt deer and like, you know, like break them down and everything. And he had a freezer that was filled with deer meat, but the freezer stopped working. And all that meat just kind of like rotted in there, and he was procrastinating dealing with it because he did not <laughs> want to open it up. I don't blame yeah. him. <laughs> so I that's one of those things, was... you know. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, I can't imagine how awful that would smell. It did not smell good. <laughs> <laughs> no. But, but um, yeah, I wonder if it was maybe drawn to the smell of that. And since the garage door was half open, it was like, hmm, wonder if there's like a something I can eat up here. (laughs) But yeah, yeah, man, yeah, that could have. I mean, I had a friend who who you know was attacked in his garage by a a raccoon that had rabies, and that was horrifying enough. (laughs) Um, 
because you know my friend's a pacifist and so he doesn't want to hurt the raccoon but it's oh, it yeah. you know it's trying everything to get to him and oh, he ended up having to you know hit it with a, a shovel a few times and it was terrible but oh. you know it was it was climbing up on the hood of his car and he was up on the roof of his car oh, and man. i was just oh, like man. oh my god that's just that's just too much so you know if that's bad, I, I don't want to think about a cryptidy thing in my garage yeah. with a big old freezer full of of carcasses and ugh. Yeah. That's just ugh. Yeah, you know, at, at that point story. it's almost like it's almost like, you know, let's just put the whole freezer on the truck <laughs> and yeah. drive it somewhere yeah, and just, just some... leave it. Just, just leave it. <laughs> you know. It's Leave a it waste, and it's not. In, yeah, it's not environmentally <laughs> friendly to do. It's bad, but oof. Yeah, yeah, we could we could put up some trail cams, see if anything comes after it. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, um, what was I gonna say? Oh yeah, so that same house, a couple years back, me and my fiance, we. Um, since it's just like a really nice location, it's in the woods, it's really peaceful there. We decided to, um, take some LSD just a little bit, like not a huge dose or anything, right. but, so, but he didn't have the keys to get into the house cause it was kind of in between being bought. So we just kind of chilled on the porch for a while. And at one point we heard a baby cry noise come from the oh, woods no. yeah oh, it was like no. three in the morning too and oh well it always is you know that's that's yeah. the perfect time <laughs> we had a sober friend with us too and he was like we should go check on the that crying what if it's someone who needs nope. help and we were both like no we are <laughs> nope. we aren't doing this <laughs> nope Nope, nope. Now, I will tell you, and this might make you feel better, that foxes can make sounds that sound like babies. Mm, that is so, true. Especially gray foxes. They have a slightly different repertoire of strange sounds they can make as opposed to red ones. Um, mm -hmm. So that could have been it. Um, yeah. So, you know, just comfort yourself with that. Just say it was a fox. <laughs> Barbara said it, it might have been a fox, so that's what it is. <laughs> oh no! But I still it. wouldn't go in the woods to be looking after that. Because... Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> like, yeah, I was like, "Have you ever seen a horror movie like this?" Mm -hmm. I, I guarantee you, there's not a newborn baby in the middle of the woods by the house. No, no. <laughs> um, but uh, so there was that whole saga of high strangeness i haven't had anything involving those come up in like recent time but uh i guess one of the next things would be when me and my fiance moved into this apartment um it was a really or not an apartment this one was a house it was a really shady spot, though. There was a lot of crime activity around there. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it was kind of a scary spot. But, um, so, yeah, there was just 
in general a lot going on all the time there but we ended up coming across dmt and i don't know if you've like really heard much about that before but it's it's like definitely highly strange <laughs> mm-hmm. i kind of feel like it it feels like it forces you into high strangeness almost yes yeah but um so the first time I ever tried it in that house, um, I basically saw, like, everything went dark almost. And then there were, like, neon colors a little bit. And then there were three alien-looking beings that were kind of humanoid. And mm-hmm. they were kind of, like, reaching towards me taking things out of me almost, putting things in. And then I started to get really anxious. And then they were like, oh, it's okay. You can look over here. And I did to, off to the sort of like the corner of my vision. And I almost saw like an accordion of frames. And they mm-hmm. were, it was the span of my entire life. And oh, they wow. were showing me like, we've been here the entire time. Like, you don't realize it, but we're here. And, like, it was almost comforting at the time, which was really weird. But, um, mm-hmm. so then a few weeks go by and my fiancé does DMT. But me and our friend, we weren't, like, feeling it for some reason. We were just like, I don't know, the energy feels weird right now. We'll We'll skip out on this one. And so he did it. And right towards the end of his experience, the, like, energy of the room just went cold. And, like, really, it was a strange vibe. And he came back, like, super uncomfortable. And, like, um, and our friend's sort of demeanor just, like, changed completely and was really irritable. And, like... My fiance started to describe the experience and then he just said like, well, you can just like be confused on your own or whatever. And like, we're like, that does not feel like the normal response to this. So me and my fiance went to the basement where we could talk just like openly about it. And he said that there were like three beings that were sort of like, interacting with him the same way they were with me yeah they were like beckoning him closer and like apparently what he felt was that they were trying to take a part of his soul and put it into another living being and he did not feel comfortable with it at all because he was like i don't want to like taint this new living being with my experiences you know and so he kept like drawing away from it and yeah that was that was the next weird thing but then so in that same house i think this was probably a few weeks later we went to sleep and i had a weird dream where i was in a perfectly clean white space And I was 
like watching a dream unfold where it and it was really like like emotionally intense of a dream like that involves like trauma but not like mm-hmm. my trauma it was like random trauma that i have like no experience in and i started to sense something wasn't right so i started pulling away from the dream and then yeah i realized i was in this white space and there was like a projection of the dream in front of me and i started to realize that there were beings behind me and they were watching mm-hmm. me watch the dream unfold and like studying mm-hmm. my response to it and i kept fighting it trying to take a look at the things behind me and then i suddenly like snapped awake in my bed and i've like never felt a more intense fear in my life it was like oh, wow. every object in the room had eyes on it almost like it oh felt man like, it felt like the space itself was watching me and oh. i was just like paralyzed with fear i could move so i know it wasn't just like a normal sleep paralysis i just was really yeah. scared to move <laughs> eventually i leaned man. over yeah I eventually leaned over to my boyfriend and tried to, or to my fiance and tried to shake him awake and he wouldn't wake up at all. And then eventually he Uh, talked in his sleep and he said, don't worry, there aren't any scientists in here. Like, oh, (laughs) oh, oh no. Oh boy. I know. (laughs) (laughs) I've never been more scared in my life. Like, Jeez. Oh. Because then I just had like validation, like, oh, everything in the room is looking at me. And then it made me think of how my friend talked in his sleep to me as like another Mm -hmm. being. And then my fiance did it. So, like, are they connected? And just like totally, like, I eventually got the courage to turn the TV on to just like get my mind. Off. No, yeah, that that's yeah, that's one of those. I'm not going back to sleep. Thanks. No. Yeah. I'll stay up watching TV or I'll read a book. Or, yeah. I, yeah. I'm not doing that. No. Yeah. Sometimes. Oh, there aren't I, scientists in here. Oh. I know. The worst thing, like. If they were trying to comfort me to get my mind off of it, they were. They, they didn't it. work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Unless they were still so, trying to study my emotions, and they're like, "Let's see how we uh, respond mm-hmm. to fear." <laughs> All right. So I have to tell you this: Have you ever heard about Valet talking about how the UFO phenomena is is like? You know the the sightings are like films. I don't and think. So he said. So it's we all go into this theater, the people who research and and who witness UFO phenomena. It's mm-hmm. like we're all in a theater, and we are watching these experiences unfold. Mm-hmm. He, I want to turn around, and see who's running the projector. Oh, so when you said there weird. were people behind you, I was like, whoa. <laughs> that is so specific because it did feel like it was a movie I was watching that was my yes. dream. 
That's unsettling. (laughs) There are so many um, abductee stories, too, where they're shown a film on a screen or a video on a screen. Um, and it's usually, you know, terrible things. It's it's yeah, destruction. Like the end of the world. <laughs> yes, apocalypse, destruction, nuclear warfare. Um, you know, all sorts of, as you said, um, mm-hmm. you know, horrifying things and uh, yeah, traumatic things. So I was like, whoa, whoa, <laughs> and then to have, you know. Your fiance say, "Oh well, there are no scientists here." I know. <laughs> I feel bad about it. Damn. <laughs> yeah, my my fiance says he feels bad about it. He's like, "I'm sorry." <laughs> it's, it's, well, it's not probably your fault, so yeah. <laughs> don't don't worry too much. If it makes you, you know, feel any better, it was an, an interdimensional being talking through your body. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's that makes you feel better, right? That <laughs> that helps. It helps so much. Yeah, and the DMT stuff, I've never successfully been able to to do anything with DMT. It was um we were it was vaporizing. We were oh, vaping yeah. it and for some reason my throat just said nope and coughed oh, yeah. it right back out. Um it may be that I have asthma that may, it may have triggered asthma i don't know it's a it's but, a pretty harsh taste it's, a, it's yeah not- <laughs> yeah it tasted to me like somebody had melted carpet and then yeah. you know the the fumes of brand new carpet or old carpet if it's being burned was what it felt yeah. like and i was like mm, yeah, for sure. it's, yeah you know it's it's a foreign object being put into your lungs yes you know, like, yes <laughs> <laughs> my fiance says it's like a nail salon almost. <laughs> yeah yeah that horrible smell of yeah. the acrylics and the gel and all that stuff that you know i am sure that the people who work in those the nail tech people god knows what's in their lungs and bodies oh, and right. <laughs> they yeah. need to be wearing some protection over their, <laughs> over their nails. seriously seriously um but uh, so there was that, and then we moved into, uh, believe it or not, an even shadier place in this town. <laughs> it was um, it was on the fifth floor of this huge apartment building made of brick that was just super old, and like there was no elevator, so you had to walk up all the floors, but. Mm. like it was full of people who were like addicted to crack and like just not doing well in their lives uh we we befriended a few of them they were most of them don't mean like harm or anything but yeah yeah it's true there was one that like really did scare us though (laughs) he was this really old man who had his eyes were totally clouded over so like logically he couldn't see but he could somehow see us like all the time like he he was always trying to lure us into his like apartment and like Mm. i don't know if this is even like supernatural or anything but 
it just weirded me out so much. Like, we would pull up to the building, and he would be already standing in his window looking down at us. Oh, man. On, like, the third floor. And it's like, with his eyes clouded over, I don't know how he could how he could see us from that distance. It always weirded me out. Yeah, that's that's weird. Yeah. Yeah, and then, like, yeah, one time he did come to our door when our, of course, like, the light over where our front door is at, it went out, of course. And so he came up and was knocking, and my fiancé opened it, and he was like, hey, so... I hear you're into some things if you want to uh, come down to my apartment. <laughs> and we were like, oh. No. And we no. just like shut it and locked it and like, <laughs> yeah, we did tell Man, the put a chair in front of it, put a chair under the doorknob. <laughs> no. Yeah, he. <laughs> oh, no. He gave me the most uniquely bad vibes out of like anyone I've ever <laughs> interacted with. But, yeah, so. that sounds bad, really yeah. bad. I mean, I've lived in sketchy places too, but mm-hmm. yeah, he sounds very creepy. But uh, in that apartment, though, there was like one thing that was pretty nice. I had like um, I took a nap in one of the rooms, the the bedroom, and like we uh, I was basically laying on the ground, and I had sort of a weird just out of body experience that was starting to happen like i could feel my soul like start to float upwards towards the top of the building at top of the room and i felt that there was this like presence next to me that was like encouraging the process and there was like a point where it got too intense and i kind of like pulled myself back and when i woke Mm -hmm. up over and my cat was right where that presence was and she was just watching me sleep and I was like oh are you you helping me out (laughs) yeah giving giving you encouragement yeah (laughs) um so then I guess I have sort of Something with potentially a men in black kind of a thing. Like, so we were getting acid and DMT from this guy who is like one of the most interesting people I've ever met. He's so, he's almost like on another level of consciousness. He's just a very strange very kind and positive soul <laughs> like mm-hmm. he, um so we went over to his house to buy some LSD and he was telling us about how over his house over the past few nights there had been a purple and gold light that would oh. come down and sort of float over his house And it would happen very frequently. And during this visit, um, someone just sort of, like, comes into the house upstairs and, like, does something and then, like, leaves. And our buddy just keeps talking. And so we think nothing of it. And then as we were about to leave, 
he just sort of like looks at us right before we go out and he was like who was in my house earlier and we were like you didn't know that wasn't like a friend that you were expecting to come in oh oh dear yeah so someone had just walked into his house rummaged through some things and then just left and oh my we were so confused. He was so nonchalant about it, though. Like, he's like, oh, you know, this kind of stuff happens all the time. <laughs> it was really yeah. bizarre. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I, I always feel like with, with LSD that you're kind of sort of softening the, the veil between the worlds. For sure. And making it easy for things to go back and forth. And, you know... As often as he's probably done both DMT and acid in that house. Oh, yeah. It's probably, it's probably a <laughs> Yeah, it's probably perfectly easy for people to go back and forth. And, mm-hmm. and it's just... Or it could have been someone who had bought from him before and he just didn't recognize the person. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's... Yeah. <laughs> to me, they're almost equally possible. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's... It's a really, you know, I, yeah, I kind of like the idea that, oh, and who was that, you know, a half an hour (laughs) later? Not, hey, who are you? But, oh, who was that? Oh, no. It's like a testament to, like, the kind of person he is. He's just like, oh, you know, I'm just in the present moment. Whatever's (laughs) happening is happening. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't look to be harmful. (laughs) Yeah. You know, so. Um, but so later on, we did some of the acid that he gave us at our apartment, which was on the ground floor and all around us was like the parking lot. And then next to the parking lot was a huge parking lot for like a conference center. And, um, so we took the dose and I was so sucked into looking at Aztec artwork and like Mesoamerican patterns. And it was just, mm-hmm. I felt like I understood exactly what they were trying to go for with them. And right. Then like there was a sort of buzzing noise that went around our apartment And I could, like, it wasn't a sound in my ears, but, like, a sound in my head. But I knew locationally Mm -hmm. where it was. And then our cats started to chase it and, like, follow it around with, like, the hunting look in their eyes. Oh, (laughs) jeez. It got me feeling really weird. But then a... (laughs) A black, unmarked helicopter passed our like windows it was just over the parking lot and it was flying perfectly parallel to how our building works and like yeah it was so close that it seemed hazardous to fly a helicopter that low right how far off the ground was it because you're on the first floor yeah it was probably when it passed us it was probably like yeah a hundred feet maybe maybe lower like yeah that's low yeah and it sort of circled around the whole part like the sum of the parking lots 
And then at the very far end of the parking lots, behind some cars, it landed facing us. And then right mm. when it couldn't see it anymore, it was behind a bunch of cars. And I was like, what is happening? Because, like, I'm guessing you've done LSD before, and you don't mm-hmm. really see things that aren't there. <laughs> That's to not that. how it works. Yeah. <laughs> it, it doesn't work that way. Um, for for all the listeners who haven't done LSD that's not you don't see full straight on hallucinations that look like the yeah like the whole pink elephant thing like that's not yeah (laughs) no 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 it's a cool song from Dumbo and that's all it is it's a great a great song and a great like you know music video but no that's yeah. not how it works. <laughs> you know, you you can see really interesting things, but usually you have to close your eyes to do it. Mm-hmm. And uh, oh yeah, definitely. That's that's, <laughs> that's how that works. You know? <laughs> but yeah, this so if you were looking, <laughs> yeah, that's not that's not how that goes. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, and uh, although I will say that there is that point in in just about every person who's who's taken lsds at least one of their trips they come to the point where they become paranoid and they become fixated on something it's like (laughs) one thing oh yeah has caused them to become the evil thing whatever it is (laughs) is right there my water bottle where's my water bottle and then it's just like did i have a pepsi did i have a pepsi was this drink mine yeah (laughs) <laughs> yeah yeah that's yeah that's what happens when you're with a lot of people and then everybody's oh, drinking yeah. each other's drink because <laughs> they think it's yeah they think it's theirs the community drinks but um mm-hmm. I'm paranoid when I yeah yeah my fiance just said and then sometimes you get justified paranoia when a black helicopter <laughs> flies <back>. yes exactly <laughs> which was part of what i was thinking i was like oh. damn that's the best like you know evil thing that has come in any, any trip know. that i've heard of that's a good one yeah it was honestly i'm glad that we were able to handle it like the way that we were just like what the hell is going on right now <laughs> like we just kind of like laughed it off like what what could possibly bring a helicopter here? <laughs> yeah it's like yeah it's like oh there's hippies doing acid oh well you know they, they, <laughs> we they don't really care about that really <laughs> but um so not long after that experience i was just home alone at that apartment and i was just doing cleaning i was like taking garbage out and um i noticed at one point that they're in this vast empty parking lot next to our complex there was one sort of beige old looking like i'd say like from the 90s sort of the car and Mm -hmm. it was angled perfectly so that it was facing me from like all the way across the parking lot and i was like huh that's weird and i was just like let's let's just take note of its activity let's see what it does and over the course of like hours i was cleaning and just occasionally glancing up at it it was still there and then i had to go run an errand 
And as soon as I got into my car, that car started driving. Like it was like, oh, it's time to go. And so oh, wow. there was like an intersection in the parking lots where like you both have to come to a stop from both directions. And I was mm-hmm. able to get to the intersection right as he was getting to it. And I got to like get a look at him and it was a guy in a trench coat with sunglasses on. And I was like, okay, that's really weird. (laughs) And I was like, okay, I'll take a look at the license plate. And as he drove past, he had like a rig type thing, like where something's supposed to hook up to the car, Mm -hmm. but there was nothing hooked to it. And it was perfectly placed, so it, like, blocked out the the um, mm-hmm. plate. So that was another one. Like, I don't know if all three of these things are connected at all, but it made me feel at the time that there was something weird going on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I See, I lived around Washington for, like, two years. Mm. And D.C., there's just, in that area that we lived in, is weird stuff happens all the time just strange things and so yeah if i had seen that i was like is this guy be it that we just bought acid from is he being watched is that what's going on what's what's happening (laughs) you know yeah i've had that thought like maybe it's the feds (laughs) yeah but generally they don't that's not the stuff they go after Yeah, they won't, like, fly a helicopter by No. First off, that's obvious. And, and yeah. yeah, it's not it's not what you do. Oh, I forgot. My fiancé just reminded me. At that same apartment, around the same time, I woke up and, like, in the middle of the night and saw someone leaning up against the window and just, oh. like, kind of looking in. And then they just, like, walked away. <sighs> That, that was probably me... a real person, but damn, yeah. that's not a good feeling. <laughs> I know. My my response is that I just assumed that people were like wanting to break in, so I got real yeah. paranoid about yeah, about, like, exactly. After that. I it's like I would rather it. you've been you'd been the rake guy, I yeah, right. or hat man or something. Humans, humans are almost worse. <laughs> Human, humans are worse. They are scarier. Yeah. <laughs> I know for a fact humans can hurt us in real life. So. Yes, for real. For real. <laughs> um, you know, the shadiest place I lived in, um, there was a crack house next door. And um, they, it was still, it was just a terrible neighborhood and the house did get broken into. Um, but I used to sit on the front porch with Morgana when she was a baby and sing to her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, one night I had sung over the, I would sing everything that I knew. I used to be in choir, so I know a lot of songs. And mm-hmm. I had sung over the rainbow and finished. And she seemed like she was asleep. She hadn't started to cry again. And I breathed out and a voice comes from the darkness <laughs> oh honey would you sing that again you sang it so pretty and i was like jesus christ someone was listening 
<laughs> and it was one of the people from the house next door was sitting on the porch, oh. but in the dark, and I couldn't see them. I was That's like, awful. okay. <laughs> The crack house people are giving requests now. <laughs> they <That's>, have spoken. <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> so yeah. Oh, that was it's, that was creepy. <laughs> it's funny. I find that those like those types of people are always way nicer than you would expect them to They be. are. That's the thing, is you know, after the first time when I got scared out of my wits because I didn't expect a voice just mm -hmm. to waft across the alleyway at me <laughs> you know after that you know if 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 i went out with her i'd i'd kind of call out and say hey is anybody over there and <laughs> you know if it was if they were they'd say oh yeah i'm like okay i was just checking just checking <laughs> and then i'd start singing and and they would they would have like the other residents of the house come out and sit and they'd sit and listen, mm -hmm. and then, you know, one or two would ask, hey, can you sing this? Can you sing that? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my mother was like, you're gonna, that, that's terrible. You should, I'm like, look, this is where I live. This is what, yeah. this is what I work with. <laughs> yeah, I've had those conversations with my parents before. They're like, oh, man, this is, this is not great. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, I mean. We've ingratiated ourselves. We can. <laughs> we found the except balance. for that one guy with the with the eyes. Yeah, that, yeah he's yeah. not. Yeah, that's, at least at least he was very frail, so I knew that he couldn't do yeah. anything to me. I could. I could yeah. probably just yeah. nudge him, and he'd probably fall over. Like he was so little. <sighs> yeah, he was like a. He was already a ghost. <laughs> like before he even died. Yeah. Like, what is he? someone died yeah um but oh one really funny story from you know it's it's funny to me now looking back at it it was a little <laughs> intense at the time but um the the house where like all the dmt alien stuff sort of took place that was really shady we um we took mushrooms one night and right like as a group like it was a lot of people there and as it was coming up, we heard a nice little knock on the door. <laughs> yeah, like the super polite knock. And we, uh, my fiance opened it and it was a naked man. Oh, completely naked. Well. And he was covered in blood too. Yeah, and oh, he was, God. Like, he was like covering himself, like. Dog, yeah, you know, like. and so because we were like coming up on mushrooms, we were so open, and we were just like, yeah. "You need help. You need to come inside. It's cold outside." And we like got him a blanket and everything, and like offered him a cigarette and Very like dumbly. I made him smoke it outside. <laughs> <laughs> um, we we like called the police. Um, and told them to send a send an ambulance, but we were talking to him, and apparently he was involved in gang activity, yeah. and he he sold out his heroin dealers. Yeah, he narked on his heroin dealers, and so oh jeez, no to get out of prison or jail, I guess. And so he got picked up and just got like assaulted by these two guys. They apparently yeah. like stuck him with needles and like oh, just dumped him on the road. 
And he was knocking at like so many doors and no one would answer because they were scared of him. And luckily he found the the house full of people and mushrooms who were willing yeah. to. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, the, the nice hippie house full of the mushroom yeah, people. The know. one with the rainbow tie-dye flag yeah. up in the window. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I get that. I get that. You probably See, I probably would have opened the door, you know, <laughs> even if I wasn't, you know, because, and then I would have gotten yelled at. Why did you do that? Well, <laughs> he was bleeding and it's cold and he's naked. And, <laughs> you know, I don't think he's going to do anything to me. <laughs> my, my fiance has something to say about the story. So, hello. Hello, by the way. Hey. Oh, um, this is so, Josh. <laughs> my name's Josh. Um, so, so, so I, 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 you exactly described what happened with me. You know, I'm like, this is a man in, in danger. We need help. Like, yeah. you need help. And my friends tripping on the mushrooms were like, close the door on him. What are you doing? And I was like, no. This man is everywhere. He needs help. And so, yeah. Like, he he comes in like he I offer him a sheet because he's naked and bleeding mm -hmm. and he asks for a cigarette and I'm so stupid like you know I'm just so frazzled at the time I'm like well man we don't smoke cigarettes in the house so you have to do it on the front porch <laughs> <laughs> which was so stupid well such a dumb yeah. dumb move he could have been in so much danger out there but luckily the second that we gave him a lighter and a cigarette he walked out and that was right when ambulance and like fire department came in they 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 took him they took him away no questions asked on us we were just good samaritans okay and then the <laughs> next day the next day our buddies send us a uh, an article kind of describing the events that that led up to this man being being on our porch and like Jake said uh he he narked on his heroin dealer he got out on a plea deal early and I guess they caught him but in this article he describes the two guys that beat him up their their street names according to him were wheelchair and can't get a job. <laughs> oh, God. So apparently, wheelchair and can't get a job beat this guy like to oblivion, and he just happened to like pop up on our front oh, lawn. <laughs> it was it it, it it was his saving grace. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh my God, that's 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 crazy. Yeah, it like it got to a point where like we read the article and we're like, did this really even happen? Like, what is going on right now? This is this feels like a show, like a comedy. I, I figure that he made up those last two names so he wouldn't get beat up again. Yeah, you know, sure. oh yeah, their names but are then, like wheelchair and can't get a job. <laughs> yeah, that's their some... names. That's their names. <laughs> Got in a few last insults. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh huh. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That that's one of my stories. That it's not it's not technically um supernatural, <laughs> but I think it 
it's almost high strangeness, you know. <laughs> it is it is strange. I mean, that's yeah. one of those things that if if you if you've never lived in a really sketchy area, you don't understand those kinds of stories. Mm -hmm. yeah. You know, made it, up to it, people it, who haven't been to these kinds of places. Like, yeah, yeah. But yeah, um, oh, I think the most recent weird thing that's happened to me, though, um, to us was we were really thin on money for a while, and we had bills that we had to pay and like all kinds of expenses and we were like kind of stressed out about it and then one day i looked into my wallet and found a hundred dollar bill in there and we don't use cash at all and i told josh i was like did you put a hundred dollar bill in my wallet for me to use and he was like I shit you not, I had a dream a few nights ago where I put a hundred dollar bill in your wallet. So like he wow. dreamed that he put money in my wallet and then I ended up finding it. <laughs> wow. And, and when we needed it the most too. It was very Yeah. Strange. <laughs> yeah, that's that's impressive. That's yeah. really cool. I'm like, hey Josh, can you can you like dream about some other stuff that I need? That <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> hey, can you dream about the winning lottery numbers? Yeah. Can you you know dream about the winning lottery ticket in your hand and put it in the wallet? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But see, I think I think magic like that only really works when it's really necessary. Yeah. yeah and like i think maybe you can't ask for it so explicitly or else it yeah. maybe affects it you know like it's yeah. almost like it has to happen spontaneously mm -hmm. it's kind of weird like yeah. like i do magic stuff pretty frequently but i never do it with the intention to like get something out of it you know like i've mm. always just felt weird about asking for things while I'm doing that. I basically just use it to make like a, I just love making like a sacred space, you know, casting the circle, mm -hmm. getting a good energy going. And then I just sort of leave it at that. I'm like, That's good enough. I don't need to do yeah. anything further. <laughs> yeah. No, I understand that completely. I, I do. Mm. Yeah. Uh, oh, I guess, I guess there's another story I'm thinking of where me and my fiance went to a music festival, but it was like a country music festival, which was really weird for us because we aren't typically like into country music, <laughs> but we sort mm -hmm. of on a decided to drive like eight hours to get to this music festival oh wow and, uh, so we also had like a tab of acid for both of us and it was sort of a maybe not smart idea to take it because because we're definitely gay and this is a country music <laughs> festival yeah with a lot yeah. of conservative people and they yeah. aren't on psychedelics. I don't think. Like, no, generally not. Yeah. 
But it was an incredible time, though. Like, the sense of community there was so amazing. And I remember looking up at the stars, and it was in the middle of nowhere. So you could see every star possible in, like, the Milky Way. And I just remember, like, walking to the porta potty and just being <laughs> like, I'm having, like, a religious experience. <laughs> but, um, yeah. That night we went to our tent and we were just chatting, just talking constantly back and forth for hours and hours. But there was one camper that was there that, and they had a generator and it was so loud. And it just, and like everyone who was camping in tents around us were just like, you could tell nobody was a fan of that loud noise. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> and um so me and my fiance i just like said randomly like okay we're on acid we could we just have to focus our minds we just gotta think the exact right thing and we can turn off this generator <laughs> and, and, and we did and then it shut off and <laughs> And then everyone in the in the tents around us just started clapping. <laughs> it was so funny. <laughs> That's one thing where it's like that that might have been a coincidence, but but a happy yeah, thing. but <laughs> but it's an awesome one. Yeah, yeah, and for those out there who have never done acid, you think of these things in that yeah. way. When, oh yeah, yeah. When you're on acid, you you like, just oh yeah, we can do that. Yeah, and then sometimes you can. <laughs> yeah, and then it's so weird and, when it actually happens. You're like, oh, what? What? <laughs> yeah, but you don't want to question it too much because then the generator will come back on and yeah. it'll be noisy again. Yeah, it did end up coming back on, so we probably questioned it too much. <laughs> yeah. Well. <laughs> that's uh, great that's funny <laughs> i'm trying to think of any other weird things that happened of course the way thing these things work as soon as we stop recording i'll remember like 10 things oh, you know? yeah you can always come back and tell them it's it's not a, it's not a huge deal it happens to everybody you know yeah I i've bet. i've been on other people's shows and you know we'll get off on a tangent and all the things that I actually meant to say, they, they just go flying off into the ether, you know, yeah. and I don't remember them until, you know, two hours later. And I go, Oh yeah. yeah. I meant to I'll- say that. Oh, well. <laughs> you will be like, Oh man, that was the whole reason I wanted to do this interview. I forgot. Yeah, I know. Well, I think that's yeah, just think about that's everything. About it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's a good ending place with the the generator, you know, yeah. being turned off. Uh, so who who was of... who played at the at the festival? Um, the country music festival. Yeah, yeah. Um, um it was sort of like small acts. There was the Comancheros. Oh yeah. The, they're a really cool sort of like bluegrassy band and I love bluegrass. So that was Yeah. Cool. I yeah. Um, that's cool. 
There was one famous guy's son, but I yeah. can't remember. There was some. It was like Wailing Jennings' son or something. There like was that. some kind of well-known. Oh yeah, I can't remember artist. the name of his son. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, it. Oh, it's Merle Haggard's son. Is what it Merle was. Haggard's Merle son. Haggard. Merle. <laughs> Merle. Yeah, Merle. <laughs> Merle would be Streep. Merle is Haggard. <laughs> You can't get them mixed up. Yeah, you'll irritate some fans. (laughs) Of either Um, or both of them. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But I will say, um, this is the only time I've ever experienced it, but bluegrass on acid is... It's a lot. It's very interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I would think it would be. It's. It feels I think like it would space be very... holding on itself, you know. <laughs> like it's, I was like, I might need to step away for a while. This is a little much. It's. It's very intense. It's very fast. Mm-hmm. There's, lots you know, lots of notes, lots of arpeggios. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that would be. That would be. Yeah. It was pretty. Awesome. Yeah, I think that would get me. <laughs> You know, I I generally listen to stuff with long legato passages. You know, oh, so yeah. my brain has time to catch up to the notes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, think, I think that uh, bluegrass, my brain would be trying to chase it, and it, it my brain would turn into a, a puppy chasing its tail. I think going yeah. in circles, and then oh, it'd be God. like, oh, I gotta go someplace where this isn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I need to go like walk in a couple circles like a dog and then like tuck myself yes. in. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> well, that's okay. great. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for coming yeah. and sharing your experiences. You've got yeah. some really good ones and you've got some <laughs> really, you know, creepy ones. So, um, but, yeah. <laughs> yeah. A lot but of yeah. unnerving ones, but thank yeah, you so yeah. much for it. Thank you so much for Thank having me. Thank you so much. <laughs> You're welcome to come back. I say that with, you know, everybody. But mm-hmm. uh, thank you for reaching out in the first place. Yeah, no problem. Can I come on? Oh, yeah. Trust yeah, sure. <laughs> don't, don't feel bad about being a skeptic either because I'm actually a very uh, skeptical experiencer. So uh, I understand. I'm, I'm a skeptical person with a, a weird... Uh, lexicon of unexplainable things and it drives me crazy. You know, that happens. (laughs) That happens. That that happens more than you would think, too. I'm sure. But hey, I I love you. I'm I'm glad we could have this. Yeah, I love this podcast and I love the space that you create where people can just tell their stories in a judgment-free zone. It's really awesome. (laughs) Oh, thank got, you. That's got, the big. Got, oh, sorry. I've, That's I've okay. Got, Go ahead. I've gotten you guys like eight subscribers. <laughs> yeah. Oh, <Aww>, thank you. <laughs> uh, you know, I've said this before. I'll say it again. I'm terrible at promotion of of myself in any way. So I, I feel too. like it's it's just let the let the listeners spread the yeah. news. I I'm terrible mm-hmm. at it. I should probably pay all of you you know <laughs> to, to do the promotion for me because i, I, just, I suck <laughs> yeah i'm really bad at promotion as an artist i just don't 
I don't do anything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But um yeah. yeah. I I probably should head on out of here though soon. I do have to All go. right. <laughs> All right, okay. take care you two. It was lovely talking to you. Yeah, it was lovely. It was talk- great talking with you. Yeah. If anything weird happens in the future, <laughs> I'll give you I'll I'll get into contact with you. <laughs> okay. Well, that's all for this week's episode of the Six Degrees of John Keel podcast. If you have any questions or thoughts about the podcast or would like to come and talk about your experiences of the paranormal, you can contact us at 6djk67 at gmail.com. We promise to even answer you, and we are always happy to hear from you. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you.